Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. This week, we are going to talk to former NFL Pro Bowler, current national radio host, just give me the damn ball impresario, Keyshawn Johnson, about his new book, The Forgotten First. But alas, that fell through. I just want Keyshawn Johnson to know he always has an open spot on this program. And I'm going to say a couple things about the book, which I read for this uh, episode. I've also got some choice words about why the sports world should maybe consider shutting the hell down. And I've also got Jake's Takes, the new most popular segment on the show. Thank you to George Weiss for coming up with the name for this segment, Jake's Takes. And we have all of that coming up. But first, just a quick word about Keyshawn Johnson and his book, uh, The Forgotten First. Okay, uh, Keyshawn Johnson along with a sports writer named Bob Glauber, has written this book, The Forgotten First. Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, Marion Motley, Bill Willis, and the breaking of the NFL color barrier. And I look forward to talking to Keyshawn about this because we don't speak about this at all. I mean, Jackie Robinson, of course, is celebrated in Major League Baseball for breaking the color line in 1947 that had existed really since the end of the 19th century. But did you know that the NFL had a color line from roughly 1932 to 1946 that was broken by Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, Marion Motley, and Bill Willis? And it's one holy heck of a story. And the only reason there was a color line in the National Football League, it was driven by the racism of the owner of the Washington football team, a guy named George Preston Marshall, whose team also had a racist name. That was not a coincidence. So, folks should check out this book, The Forgotten First. Um, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was really gutsy of Keyshawn Johnson to actually write a history book and not just, you know, a book that was about his life and football and all, you know, the typical ex-jock book. I mean, for him to actually get into the history of this is a, is a gift about a subject we don't talk about nearly enough. So thank you, Keyshawn Johnson. Thank you, Bob Glauber. Look forward to having you on the show in the future. Stuff happens. And now I've got some choice words about shutting it all down. My choice words are about what we've learned in 2021 about sports and COVID. Okay, look, in 2020, at the end of the year, everyone wrote their analysis of COVID-19 and sports, about what it means that COVID existed in the sports world in 2020, how the sports world adjusted, what it says about sports going forward. But the truth is that we were flying blind. December of 2020, we didn't know shit. No one in charge of the global multi-billion dollar sports world knew what to do. They gave us hermetically sealed bubbles and wobbles and empty stadiums, tons of rescheduling and breathless updates if a player was even in the vicinity of someone who had a positive test. Basically, once the games restarted in July of 2020 without fans in the stands, it was an exercise in fulfilling lucrative television broadcast deals and praying for the best. In 2021, we've had a decidedly different narrative. First, after the development of the vaccines, the sports world threw open its doors to fans. I mean, my goodness, Carl Lewis did not run as fast as the speed to which the sports ownership class threw open the doors to get more of that filthy lucre. The Summer Olympics, after a year-long delay, geared up for Tokyo. 
They all acted as if having a vaccine would squash any concerns that we were rushing headlong into a burning building. Now, even as we see breakthrough cases, mutations that act faster than the vaccine because of a global vaccine inequity, and a section of the population that refuses to do its part to curb the virus, the sports world remains defiantly committed to the idea of normalcy. It acts as though it can bullishly ram through the idea of business as usual, despite all evidence to the contrary. The NBA not only held a packed NBA Finals, it also celebrated the Milwaukee fans who gathered by the tens of thousands outside the Bucks arena in close contact with one another to watch the game on a massive screen. The Olympics were full steam forward in Tokyo, a highly concentrated city with a very low vaccination rate. Despite all efforts to keep the tens of thousands of visitors on lockdown, the results were predictable, a surge in new cases. In the NFL, if there's a COVID-19 outbreak on a team, there will be no rescheduling. Instead, a team will be attributed a loss and every player on the squad will lose a game check. If this happens more than once or twice, the entire legitimacy of the season will be in question. Then there's college football. We've seen young students, much to the delight of the NCAA's broadcast partners, gather 100,000 strong, blithely oblivious to their role in keeping the virus alive and spreading. Look, I get it. Sports are the closest thing to a uniform community activity that many of us have in this country. It's our collective space, and increasingly our public square. In a country riven by manufactured divisions of every conceivable type, the playing field is where people can come together. This is particularly true when we are looking at local youth and high school sports. As a youth basketball coach myself, I work with students who are both in poor physical condition from the last year of remote learning, and also young people so grateful to be outside, they don't even mind having to practice in masks. Athletes and fans alike seem to be gulping up the opportunity to return to spaces where they are less alone, where they can play, cheer, and even if for just a few hours, forget the world burning outside. But there's only one problem with this entire scenario. Our appetites for sports might also be what's keeping us sick. Getting the virus under control requires three things from us. Vaccinations, masking, and being responsible. Having just attended a Major League Baseball game, I can tell you masking and being responsible at least were just not happening. Sports, that elixir of life, is clutching our jerseys and dragging us down to a place where normalcy is really a substitute for ruin. Perhaps we need to take an honest look at the mutations and absence of protections and just shut it all down. Maybe sports need to be off limits until this country, at a bare minimum, is sufficiently vaccinated. For many, that might be the only incentive that works. If it were our kid, we'd say, no sports until you're well. We need to say the same thing to this country. If 2021 were the year the sports world decided that the show must go on, let's sincerely hope that 2022 could be a time of sobriety and recovery. This almost certainly will not happen. The financial and personal imperatives are just too strong. But I'm still gonna make the case. With our collective health hanging in the balance, let's just shut it all down. And that's all I got to say about that. Just give me the damn column. Uh. 
We'll be back right after this, but first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important, and The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you gotta read. It's The Nation Magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe, and please never forget that when you support The Nation Magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. Boom, we are back here on the Edge of Sports podcast. This is a section of the show that we didn't have a name for last week. Uh, We were talking about it. It involves my son, Jacob, making NFL picks, and we just couldn't come up with a name. So we put it out to you, our listening audience. What should we call this segment? And I'm going to give a shout out to George Weiss, who is the first of five people to email me to say that, why don't you just call it Jake's Takes? So welcome to Jake's Takes. Jacob, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You like the name of this, Jake's Takes? It's a very good name. Should we come up with a t-shirt maybe? (laughs) Well, that's a step in the future. Yeah. Would you wear a t-shirt to school that says Jake's Takes on it? Probably not, but I'll wear it to sleep. Oh, okay. Well, that's better than nothing. Um, All right. So Jake, let's talk Jake's Takes. Uh, We're about to hit week three of the NFL season. Your first week, you did what? Eight and eight. Went eight and eight. Second week, you did what? 11 and 5. So you think this week you should probably go what? 12 and 4, 13 and 3? <sighs> I'm hoping. I mean, I think I should go every week should be at least 10 and 6. At least 10 and 6. I think you should view this as you're going to go up every week. So if you don't go at least 12 and 4 <laughs> next week, uh, you know, I don't know, out of the family. Okay. Okay. Good, Good plan. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. So let's go through these games and see what you got, Jacob. All right. So we're recording this just so everybody knows a good several hours from the Thursday night broadcast. Uh, So everything is a complete unknown. So let's start with the Thursday night game. Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans. Who do you got? Now, Tyrod Taylor ruled out with a hamstring injury. He was put on IR. And I just don't think that they can do anything with Davis Mills. That Panther defense has looked so good so far this season. I really like what Sam Darnold's done. Christian McCaffrey's looking healthy and great. I really like DJ Moore. I just it's, all sides are going, all signs are going to the Panthers this week. Even though the game's in Houston. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so Carolina Panthers. That's the first pick. Uh, the Los Angeles don't call them San Diego, but I'll call them San Diego anyway. Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? Definitely a bounce back week for the Chiefs after losing a thriller Sunday night against the Ravens, thirty-five to thirty-six. I am definitely going to go with the Chiefs in this game. The Chargers are a really good team, and I really like to watch Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. That connection is great, but I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. The Arizona don't call them St. Louis Cardinals against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Un, uh, I was about to say almost an undefeated, but unsuccessful Jacksonville Jaguars. That I think they're one of their last – what are they, 1-18 in, in their last 19 games? No, 1-17. in 17. Oh, well, that's not so bad. Okay, so Cardinals-Jaguars, who do you like? This isn't going to be particularly close. Um, I mean, the Cardinals have looked so good. Kyler Murray is looking like an MVP. DeAndre Hopkins being DeAndre Hopkins. That defense is looking so much better than we expected. This is going to be a blowout. Jaguars have sucked. Urban Meyer sucks so far. 
of course, he can turn around. He's a really good college coach. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. You don't get scientific analysis like that on ESPN. Urban Meyer sucks. Chicago Bears versus the Cleveland Browns. Who you got? Now, I really love the Chicago Bears team. I really want to be biased. I am going to go with the Browns. I love Justin Fields. This is going to be his first start in his NFL career. Um, Allen Robinson is great. Of course, I wanted to sign him in the offseason, but got franchise tagged. David Montgomery has looked really good these first two games, even though I am a certified David Montgomery hater. Um, Khalil Mack is doing Khalil Khalil Mack things. Sounds like you're picking the Bears. <laughs> Roquan Smith, he got a pick six last week. But Sounds the Cleveland like Browns, the <laughs> Cleveland Browns are just amazing on every single level. I mean, quarterback, they're they aren't amazing at quarterback, but you can definitely get it done. Best run game in football, best O line in football, a good enough receiving core. Odell is questionable for this game, though. We will have to see. And that defense, man, Miles Garrett. Best edge rusher in football right now. They have a really good secondary, healthy. Um, I love Denzel Ward. Give me the Cleveland Browns. Okay, the Washington football team against the Buffalo Bills now, in Buffalo. Who do you got? Now, I really um, I really like this game. I would pick this as game of the week unless the Buccaneers and Rams weren't playing later on. But... Um, the Bills, they haven't looked their best, but I definitely think they're take they're gonna turn it around. They were my Super Bowl pick before the season started. Give me the Buffalo Bills in actually a decently close game. I like that Washington defense. Mm, you and I disagree on that. The uh, I like Washington. The Indianapolis Colts <laughs> in Tennessee playing the Titans. Who you got? Definitely the Titans. Carson Wentz sprained both of his ankles. That's Ooh. just brutal. I mean, he has a really bad injury history. The Titans, a shaky start. Ryan Tannehill hasn't looked his best. Um, Derrick Henry had a monster game week two after a kind of not really good game week one. That defense, I mean, they haven't been that good at all, really. But that offense is just going to be so unstoppable. Give me the Titans. All right, this is a really interesting one. Saints in New England. This is very interesting because are the Saints the week one team that looks so good or the week two team that looks so bad playing a Patriots team that's one and one but certainly should be two and oh. They got Mac Jones at quarterback. Who do you like, Saints-Patriots? Now, this is easily one of my toughest matchups to pick. I really like Jameis. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league besides yeah. him throwing like five interceptions a game. Um, I like both of their defenses a lot. The Patriots have an elite offensive line when healthy. Um, the Saints, you know, Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, all very great players at their position. But I am going to go Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Wow. You can never really bet against Bill Belichick. Well, watch me. Um, Atlanta Falcons playing in New Jersey against the New York football Giants. Who do you like? Another tough season, game to pick, frankly. I wasn't too high on the Falcons or the Giants before the season, but Daniel Jones has looked okay in his first two games. First one wasn't as good. The second one was a lot better. But um, I am going to go the New York Giants here. I like their defense, even though they haven't looked so great. Um, at the so wide receiving like? core. I said the Giants. Okay. I like I the receiving core is okay. I mean, Kenny Galladay has not looked good. 
but um, I am going to take the Giants. The New York football Giants, we disagree on that too. The Cincinnati Bengals playing in Pittsburgh. Who do you like? This isn't going to be a particularly close game in my opinion. I think the Steelers will win. Actually, I don't. I think it's going to be decently close because that offense is not good. But the Steelers will win pretty comfortably. comfortably. What's so interesting about this is that the Steelers will either win or they will lose, and it will predicate a major crisis in Pittsburgh because there's already lots of feuding going on, and I'm here eating my popcorn, loving every minute of it. Uh, your Baltimore Ravens, and by the way, every time Jacob says we, as in we almost signed blank, we almost did this, we almost did that, you should know that he's talking about the Baltimore Ravens. That's his we. Um, he does not work for the Ravens. Uh, so the Baltimore Ravens was... playing in Detroit. Who you like? Now, I loved what Jared Goff has done these first two weeks. He's he's done well without Sean McVay, even though he's owned nine in his career without Sean McVay. But... The Ravens just want a thriller. As long as they take this game seriously, they should win this game. Okay. Uh, Jets-Broncos in Denver. Who do you like? I definitely like the Broncos here. Man, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Oh, geez. I mean, As many completions as interceptions no, last week. No, he had six completions. Oh, my bad. Uh, oh, so, so many six, completions. Six oh, completions. so many completions. Six completions, four interceptions. I mean, oh, it's just awful. Awful stuff. Yeah. Dolphins-Raiders in Vegas. Who do you like? This is a tough one to pick, too. Who do you like? Um... I mean, I don't even know if I picked a team for Jets or Broncos, but I, I don't think you could oh, tell. Oh, it was pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. You were saying Broncos. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. Dolphins, but, um, Raiders. Dolphins, Raiders. Raiders have looked really hot these first two weeks, and Tua just went down with an injury. If you're not picking the Raiders here, I don't know what you're doing. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Sounds good to me. Um, All right. So who do we like? Next, where's the next one here? Uh, Buccaneers, Rams. Buccaneers, Rams. Who do you like? This is gonna be. I feel like this is either gonna be an offensive shootout or a very low-scoring game. I think it'll be an offensive shootout, though. Matthew Stafford has looked very well. Um, Tom Brady is doing Tom Brady things. I mean, the Buccaneers are. Just won the Super Bowl. This is in L.A. This is in L.A., and that is the team who I'm going to pick, the L.A. Rams. Wow. That was uh, – I love that, and I agree with you. That was awesome. Uh, Seahawks in Sota, in Minnesota, playing the Vikings. Who do you like? I'm I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks here. I love Russell Wilson. Their D um, has been terrible. This Bobby Wagner, man. Whew, 20 tackles? Yeah. And- that's a franchise record. Well, he's also playing like one on eleven. Well, yeah, but you know, it's Bobby it's, Wagner. He's just Bobby Wagner. I, I love Bobby. I, I, I love I would B-Wags. love to say that he's the best line, best middle linebacker in football, but he's just not. Because he's not Patrick Queen. No. Just. He's kidding. just not Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Yeah. Fred Warner could walk into our house right now and say, "Hi, my name is Fred Warner," and I would say, "Who are you?" Okay. Packer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not a casual. I just don't. Are you calling me a casual? If you don't know the best inside linebacker in football, then I'm a casual. Sure. Okay, um, fine. All right, Packers. 49ers. Packers 49ers Sunday night. Who you like? Um, I I mean a really just rough week in week one for the Packers, but they had a bounce back week in week two against the Lions. I am gonna pick them. Um, beside the 49ers, besides. I don't know. Even I'm though the 49ers are 
looking pretty good, but at defense. No, I'm with you a thousand percent. And then lastly, Monday night, another interesting game to pick, frankly, Eagles playing in Dallas. Oh, this is, I really like the Cowboys here. I think it's actually going to be a shootout, though. I think it's going to be like a high-scoring two teams in the late 20s, early 30s kind of game. Give me the Cowboys, though. It's just Dak, man. I mean, he didn't really have a really good week, too, but, you know, he's electric. He's so fun to watch. All right, so now that we've done all the picks— you got to have one game that you say bet the house. Well, last now, week, last week it was the Buccaneers. Yeah, last week the Falcons, was, which was correct. It was correct. So we bet the house last week, and now we have two houses, which is a lot of fun. All right, now let's go for a third house, son, or we'll have no houses. Okay, Let us know. My Who, my lock of the week. You bet the house. My bet baby. the house pick of the week. I want to be risky here and be like, shoot, Rams over Buccaneers, but I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that ballsy. Um, uh, I'm gonna language. go. Sorry, I'm gonna go the Cardinals over the Jaguars here as the lock of the week mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Yep. That means if Jacksonville beats the Cardinals, you have to come on the pod next week and eat some humble pie. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, everybody, that's another edition of Jake's Takes. Uh, Jacob, how can people follow you on the various socials if they want to keep up with what you're doing? Do you want to say, or you don't have to? Um, well, I. You don't have to. No. No, that's cool. Keep your keep your socials close to the best. That was actually a test, man. No, it wasn't. All right, but for everybody out there listening, um, thanks so much for listening to another segment of Jake's Takes. We'll be back right after this. We'll be back right after this with a quick word from Edge of Sports. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dave Zirin with the Edge of Sports podcast. People got to know that we put this podcast on with elbow grease and, and bubble gum on a weekly basis. And we're proud of the work that we do. We love it. But we can't do it without support from you, the listener. So please go to patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod and support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. Any little bit you might give to support the podcast actually makes a huge difference to the work we're trying to do. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. We appreciate you. Make no mistake about it. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's podcast. Thank you so much to my producer, David Tigaboo. Thank you so much to Jake for being part of the show. I was really looking forward to thanking Keyshawn Johnson. I just want to remind him that he has always an open spot to come on this show and talk about his terrific book, The Forgotten First. Uh, Folks out there might know I have a new book out called The Kaepernick Effect. If the folks listen to this podcast, pick it up and buy it and send me an email saying, hey, I just bought your book. I'll email you back at edgesports at gmail.com. And I don't know. I guess I'll just say thank you. I'm not really offering anything. Just just some love and community. Uh, For everybody out there listening, mask up, stay frosty. We are out of here. Peace.